Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 24. Genesis 24. Sometimes we look at particular subjects and small portions of Scripture. And sometimes it's enjoyable to see the big picture. And uh, this morning we're going to look at Genesis 24. Uh, there are 67 verses, and uh, we're going to move quickly. But uh, I want to tell a story this morning. It's a particular story about a particular people. And it's not a new story. It's the old, old story. And uh, I believe that, I'm confident that because God wrote this story, every believer who truly hears this, not just with the ear, but with their heart, is going to say, this is my story. And this is the story of salvation. Genesis 24, verse 1 says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. It was customary back then for a servant to kneel down before his master and grab him behind his knee and swear unto him. And he said, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, verse 3, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son, Isaac. Now this story is a parable. Parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And this whole book is a parable. It's full of earthly stories and they all have the same heavenly meaning. And this parable begins with three main characters. The first one is Abraham. He's the father of many nations. The next one is Isaac, who's the promised son. And then Abraham's eldest servant. And they represent God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. The Holy Trinity. They are the eternal council. The eternal council. They are taking counsel amongst themselves right now. The Father says to the Spirit concerning His Son, I want you to swear to me. Make a promise to me. They take counsel amongst themselves about one more character. The bride. The bride of the promised Son. And she's not there yet. She's not in the story yet. She is not a part of what's taking place yet. But 
They're already thinking about her. They're already talking about her. And they're already counseling concerning her. The Lord said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Long before the foundation of the world, I knew you. I was thinking about you. Verse 5 says, And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord came to this land once. It was predetermined once. And he... Scripture says He once offered Himself for sin. He said they have the law and the prophets. He said also, I must go that the Comforter may come. And Spurgeon said concerning this, if she be not willing, do we lower the standards? No. So he said, bring not my son thither again once. Verse 7, The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me and swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Abraham says, He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath, only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swear to him concerning the matter. The eternal counsel made an eternal covenant and swear to the matter. All of this is concerning the bride. Everything they're talking about is concerning the bride. But so far, the bride has no personal part in this story. No part at all. She doesn't even know any of this is taking place. It's all being foreordained. Foreordained concerning her. Verse 10 says, And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. He took ten camels. This eldest servant took ten camels that were his servants. They served him on this journey. And they were just vehicles to get him where he needed to go. They were tools that were used in the process. And they represent God's preachers. They're just vessels used for a purpose. That's all. They're vessels under the leadership and direction of the Holy Spirit of God. And they're commanded, as verse 11 says, He made His camels to kneel down without the city. Normally, the Lord's Spirit and the Lord's messengers are without the city. We're not in Charleston. We're in Cottageville. 
without the city. And he commands them to kneel down without the city by a well of water. You go straight to a well of water and then you just kneel down right there. Stay right there. You park it right there. It says he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. That water is the Lord Jesus Christ. You get to that well of water. Verse 12 says, And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water and let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. What this servant is asking in and the servant representing the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying is let it not just be any damsel that comes by. Just anybody passing by. Let it be a particular damsel. A particular person. A certain person. When the Lord sends His Spirit, He always sends His Spirit to a certain person. Not just generally anybody passing by. It's to a particular person. That's called election. The eternal counsel of God made an eternal covenant and sent His Spirit to a particular person. Elected them. Choosing a particular person is called election. Not just somebody who sees herself as being worthy to be his bride. Isaac needs a bride. Is anybody willing to go? Somebody who sees herself as a lowly servant. I'll give you water and I'll draw water for all the camels. You know how much water a camel drinks? Not somebody with a rich, proud heart. Somebody with a poor and contrite heart. Well, this servant, the Spirit, says, Lord, let it be someone who shows love toward me and the camels. Let it be somebody who loves the message and the messenger that brings the message. I always love when Brother Donnie Bell says, every time Brother Henry Mahan walks up to the pulpit, he says, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring glad tidings to the people. I agree with that. I say that in humility as I stand here, but it's the truth. The Lord's people love the message. They love the messengers and deliver the message. I'll give thee drink and I'll give thy camels drink also. Verse 15 says, And it came to pass before he had done speaking. While he's making requests, let it be this person 
came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon. Now, we know that there is nothing lovely about us. Nothing. We see our sin and we completely believe what the Word says about our putrefying sores and our filthy rags. We say, that's me. Nothing lovely about me. But the Lord God has said concerning His elect bride, you've been chosen to be holy and without blame. He says, you're washed. You're sanctified. You're set apart for holy use. I don't see myself that way. Well, He says you are. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And He told Peter, do not call unclean what I've cleansed. And so in our own eyes, we see ourselves as nothing good, nothing but a sinner. But in verse 16, amazingly, it says, the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher, came up, and the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will also draw water for the camels also, and they, until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit or to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Now before this servant even finishes praying to the Lord, this chosen sinner walks up and begins carrying out everything that he just asked for. He asked for this and she, that's what she did. He said, let her do this, and that's exactly what she did. As though every single step she took had been ordered. And they had. Every single step she took was ordered by God. It's called predestination. The eternal counsel of God made an eternal covenant concerning the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ sent His Spirit down to a certain chosen elected person who was predestinated to this path. Predetermined to be right here at this exact time and the Spirit met them at the exact time. Well, He's witnessing the fulfillment of her predetermined path. Every step she takes is leading her closer and closer to her husband. Isaac, everything she's doing, the servant's saying, that's what I asked for. I think she's the one. Isaac, the promised son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 22 says, And it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight 
and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight in gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. The Lord came to Zacchaeus. And the first thing He said to him is, you come down. You're up there high. High in your mind, high on yourself. Come down. First thing you do is you come down. And then the second thing He said is, I'm coming to your house. The Lord called Zacchaeus. He came to him and he called him. He said, you come down and I'm coming to your house. That is exactly what just happened to Rebecca. The servant comes to her and says, whose daughter are you? Who are you? The Lord asked Jacob, what's your name? The first thing that the Lord does when He calls a sinner is He reveals that sinner's self to them. This is what I am. Who are you? And then he said, I'm coming to your house. Well, the call comes to her, and he comes to her house. The comforter comes. And verse 28 says, The damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. That's every sinner's reaction when the Lord sends His Spirit to a person. When the Lord calls a person, they run and tell how great things the Lord's done for them. Verse 29 says, And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out unto the man unto the well. And it came to pass when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hands, and when he heard the words of Rebekah his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well, and he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord, wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared the house and rooms for the camels. The call of the Lord is powerful. It's a powerful call. Her whole house was made willing to entertain strangers. A whole house. When he called her, it affected her whole house. Psalm 110 says, Thy people shall be made willing in the day of thy power. What the Lord opens, no man can shut. She didn't come home and say, I met a man, and he's coming to the house, and he needs room, and he needs provender, and they didn't say, We don't know him, we don't want him. He ran and made it ready. Thy people shall be willing. Verse 32. And the man came into the house and he ungirded his camels and gave straw and provender for the camels and water to wash his feet and the men's feet that were with him. And there was set meat before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told my errand. And he said, Speak on. Here is the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Every sinner saved truly wishes in thankfulness and in love and in adoration that there was something they could do. They do. They truly wish there was something they could do. But nothing can be brought to the table. The Spirit must do the work. All the work. It is God which worketh in us. Verse 33 says, And there was set meat before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. And he said, Speak on. And he said, I am Abraham's servant. And the Lord hath blessed my master greatly. And he has become great. And he hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants, camels, asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old. And unto him hath he given all that he hath. The Spirit beareth witness. The Spirit has one work, and it's to point men to the Son. It's to create faith in Him. Point men to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Spirit who reveals the Lord to His people. Reveals the mystery of His will. And He's giving to them the revelation. He's revealing all things to them. It's not the revelation of the end of time. This is the first book in this Bible. last book is the revelation. It's not the revelation of the end of time. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation's in the first book. Revelation's in the second book. It's telling them who the Son is. 36 says, Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old, and unto him hath he given all that he hath. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell, but shalt go unto my father's house and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son. And I said unto my master, Peradventure the woman will not follow me. And he said unto me, The Lord be for whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way, and thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred and of my father's house. Then shalt thou be clear from this my oath when thou comest to my kindred, and if they give not thee one, thou shalt be clear from my oath. And I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. And she say to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom the Lord hath appointed out for my master's son. And before I had done speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down unto the well and drew water. And I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. So I drank, and she made the camels drink also. And I asked her and said, Whose daughter art thou? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bare unto him. And I put the earring upon her face and the bracelets upon her hand. And I bowed down my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. 
Verse 49 says, And now if you will deal kindly and truly with my Master, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. The Spirit moved. He told the mystery of the will of God the Father. He showed the Son unto the bride. Verse 50 says, Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. They heard the Word of the Lord and they believed. They said, we see this is of the Lord. Take her to be His wife. And when that happens, it's called conversion. The eternal council made a covenant, sent His Spirit to a chosen person who was predestinated to be called. And the revelation was given and they believed. Conversion took place. Repentance toward God. Verse 53 says, the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold. Those are gifts of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. When the Lord saves a person, the whole house is blessed because of it. That person truly starts to love for the first time. But true love. That person becomes more and more meek. More and more kind more gentle. I hear so many pastors quote, even the dog will know it. Kind. Just kind. There was a man <clears throat> a long time ago, I heard Brother Henry give this illustration. And I love this illustration. He heard it because it happened to Rolf Barnard. And he heard Brother Barnard tell this story. It's a true story. I don't know what year it was. It was a long time ago. Brother Barnard was preaching a three-night meeting at this small church in the country somewhere. And this woman who attended the church, she got back and forth with horse and buggy. And her husband didn't go. Her husband was kind of a brawler. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. But back in those days... Um, Men got recognition. Brother Barnard was well known. And almost in fame, he wanted to go hear this man and hear what the fuss was about. So they go Friday night, they ride a horse and buggy to this small church, and Brother Barnard, in his way, preached to them. And uh, he was so mad. You know, he yanked her out of there, and they got in a horse and buggy, and driving home, he was just mad. And he said, you know, he 
was talking about me up there. It's almost like he said, did you call him? Did you tell him anything? And he said, I didn't say anything. And he said, well, I, I can't stand that man and I'm never going back. I'm never going back. Well, the next night, Saturday night, <clears throat> she's getting ready to go and he comes in and he says, now what time are services tonight? She said, why are you going? He said, I'm going to go one more time. Just one more time. And uh, so they take the horse and buggy to the church. Brother Barnard preaches the Word and he is just mad as he can be. Sitting out in the buggy waiting on his wife. I'm never going back. Never going back. Well, that night she got extremely sick. Sunday morning came, she was still sick. She couldn't go to the, to the services the next morning. And he said, I'm going one more time. I'm just going one more time. He went by himself. And the man said, Brother Barnard said, that that man said for himself as he sat there, the Spirit moved upon him, opened his soul up, and he heard the gospel of free grace for the first time. And it broke him. It just broke him. And joy flooded his soul. And he said he walked out of there riding home in his buggy. He said, I looked at God's creation for the first time. He said the trees were clapping their hands as if to say, we're glad you're saved, Brother Burke. He said, I went through our town stream and I heard the water falling as if it was saying, we're so glad you're saved, Brother Burke. He said, I went and I put that buggy in the garage and I put the horse in the stall and I was walking up the back walk to the back of our house and his wife came out and she said, God saved you, didn't He? And he said, well, how'd you know? She said, I heard you coming a mile away singing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. When the Gospel comes to a person, and the Spirit moves on a person. And life is created in a person. Conversion takes place and joy happens. Joy unspeakable. Verse 54 says, They did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning and he said, Send me away unto my Master. They rejoiced in spirit. Verse 55 says, And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days. The reference says a full year. At the least ten months. After that she will go. And he said unto them, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? After conversion takes place, a believer doesn't live on easy street. There's a war of the flesh. There's a pull of the world. There's an inward battle that takes place between the old man and the new man. One page over, chapter 25, verse 21 says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If I be so, why am I thus? 
And she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. There's going to be a war inside. It's not easy street. There are two manner of people in a person. And although it looks like the elder is going to be the stronger, the old man, the gospel is the elder shall serve the younger. That new man, he's going to prevail. Back in our text, verse 58 says, They called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. I will go. She gave her confession. After conversion, she gave her confession. I will go. Confession of faith, love, trust, belief in one that she hasn't even physically seen yet. That sounds like my story. None of us have physically seen the Lord yet. Will you go? I will. Verse 59 says, And they sent away Rebekah their sister and her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. And Rebekah arose and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels and followed the man. And the servant took Rebekah and went his way. They started the believer's journey. I don't know what time each person in this room was converted, if the Lord has converted us, but they were different ages. Life began at that point in time. True life. We did a lot of living beforehand. Life begins the person the moment that a person realizes the Lord is my life. And now they're on their believer's journey the rest of their days. It says she followed the man. The Holy Spirit guided her every step of the way there. She spent the whole time following the man. And what made her want to go? What was the one thing Abraham's servant promised her? Isaac. That's it. The whole journey, I'm sure she only had one thing on her mind. Here, I'm leaving my mother, my father, my home, and I got one thing on my mind. Psalm 27 says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I got one thing by God's gift. Now, our minds are weak. And we think about everything. But if the Lord sends grace to us, there's one thing we want to think about. One thing. I'm quite certain she had this one thing on her mind, and I believe she started asking this servant along the way, would you tell me a little bit about him? Would you tell me about Isaac? Who is he? 
Who is He? And I believe this servant said, I would love to tell you about my Master. Nothing thrills me more than to praise my Master. She said, what is He like? And the servant said, well, there's nothing likened to Him. There is no man like this man. No man speaks like this man. Speaks with authority. He's the promised Son. He's the One who would come. He's the heir of all things. He's a generous man. He's been so generous to His servants. He's kind. He's loving. He's meek. But He's brave. And he's strong. He's courageous. He's valiant. I'm sure when she started hearing these things, the more she heard, the more she said, tell me more. I believe this servant said there was a point in time when the father knew that he must kill his son. He had to offer up his son as a sacrifice for sin. I believe this servant said, I speak as an eyewitness to this. They brought servants with them. I was with them right up to the point where the father said, I and my son are going at this alone. I watched my master Isaac pick up every piece of wood for his own sacrifice and he laid it upon his shoulders. And he marched straight up that mountain. He carried his own wood to his own sacrifice. And when that altar was built, the father said, Son, the hour is come. You must be the sacrifice. There was no fight. Abraham was a hundred when he had Isaac. Who was stronger? Who could run faster? There was no fight. No resistance. Isaac willingly, in perfect obedience to his father, crawled up on top of that altar, laid down, and said, Tie me up. There has never been a man like this man. I believe when Rebecca heard this, when she heard how her husband, her Savior, her King, willingly laid down his life for a sin offering. When she heard that, I believe she said, I love this man. I love this man. Verse 62 says, And Isaac came from the way of the well lay Haroi, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. The servants were coming. Scripture says, He will come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. The camels were coming. Verse 64, And Rebekah lifted up her eyes 
And when she saw Isaac, it was love at first sight. When she with she'd heard about him, she'd heard about him, she believed, she went. I believe she loved him before she even got there, but when she saw him, there he is. It says, Rebecca lifted up her eyes and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off that camel. She jumped down off that camel for she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? Who is that man right there? And the servant said, That is my master. The altogether lovely one. And therefore she took a veil, covered herself. She immediately saw, I need a covering. I need a covering. Thank the Lord we have a covering. Every sinner who approaches the Lord Jesus Christ comes with the covering of his blood and his righteousness. And verse 66 says, The servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife. And he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Isaac married her. Received her. Married her. Loved her forever. If a sinner ever becomes... The bride of the Lord Jesus Christ is forever. It is forever. Once truly saved, always saved, all eternity. It really is happily ever after. One thing needful, one man needful, the promised Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless this Word to our hearts.